Welcome to Brains, Bibles, and Beyond, where we discuss theology and worldview apologetics with our budding theologians. I am Nate Day with Think Like Christ Ministries, and I'm here with our resident theologian, Joel Willoughby, <laughs> with Brains and Bibles. Thanks, Nate. And uh, if you want to learn more about the Brains and Bibles ministry, I do have a website, brainsbibles.com. There's also a Facebook page, Brains and Bibles, and then a YouTube channel, which has been going strong for uh, a little while now. You can go check that out. It's also called Brains and Bibles. That's unique. <laughs> so also you can check out our website, thinklikechrist.org, and also our Facebook page, which is Think Like Christ. <laughs> you know, we're so. glad to have you budding theologians along to think with us as we go through these various issues and these topics with all the episodes that are still future. Yes. <laughs> so today is episode number one. You have the unique privilege to be a part of our first episode. This is historic. It is historic. And Today, we're just going to do a brief overlook of worldviews and apologetics and just kind of get a, just a, an overall, hey, what is this? What, right. what is worldview apologetics? Yes. So that's today. Just kind of a nutshell conversation idea here. So let's start with worldviews. We're going to split those things. I usually say worldview yeah. apologetics. I do put them together, um, but let's go ahead and separate them so we can understand individually what they are. Yeah. So what what is a worldview? Okay. So I, I think the, the best easiest most basic way to begin to think about it is just if you were to have some sort of tinted glasses on your face so yeah. in other words if you were to have say some blue tinted glasses put them on then what does the whole world look like everything you view in the world would have this blue tint yeah. in the same sense when you have faith in god or faith in something else um, that is like having a different tint uh, as you see the world. Okay. So me being a Christian trusting in Jesus Christ views the world completely different than a practicing Hindu or a Buddhist or a Muslim, uh, Orthodox Jew, you know, things like that. It goes on and on and on atheist agnostic. Um, and, and by the way, there's lots of big categories of worldviews, uh, lots of big words out there. Uh, monotheist, polytheist, pantheist, atheist, agnostics, the list goes on and on. All right. So just, just for, just for our new listeners, uh, a lot of, a lot of your listeners would already have known this from your YouTube channel, but, mm. but just to briefly explain what some of these world, what yeah. some of these beliefs are, uh, you know, what, what is, you know, obviously monotheism, mm -hmm. one, you know, one God, right? Right, right. That, that, that would be me. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I believe in one God. Uh, you know, what, what's, you know, an atheist, agnostic, um, polytheist, you know, what just a lot of things there. Well, you know, what's easier is when you break down words into the littler parts and then you can kind of have a working definition for a lot of different things. So of course, like you said, monotheist is belief in one God. So that the part that comes from the, the Greek word for God, theos. And so, uh, that's the God. And then that ist or ism, that's the belief in, uh, then mono just means one. So belief in one God. Yep. So then polytheists, you have a lot of that same working parts there. Poly is the different part. That means many. Um, you know, polygon. There's more than one side. Uh, so you have polytheists that believes in many gods. Pantheists. Pan means all. So everything's God. Trees, rocks, sun, moon, you know, whatever whatever you want. And uh, it, it's all there. Um, and then, of course, there's variations of all these different things. But once again, just sure. going for the basic, the basic view. Atheist. Uh, a means not, then you have the theist part. So uh, what this used to mean was more of, I believe there is no God. 
However, they're making a claim there. And if you're yeah. making a claim, then you have something to prove. So it's now yeah. sort of morphed into something else where you're just saying, I just don't have a belief in a God. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which is the same thing, really. Yeah. It's just one's a claim, one's not. So for one, you don't have to have burden or you don't have to have proof. Yeah, the burden of proof is not there. Very good. It's not the person proving to them there is a God. So then now it's back to us, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I'm okay with that. No, <laughs> and I'd like to help my listeners along with that. Um, so then there's the agnostic, and it's a little bit different then. Um, but that nos part uh, means knowledge. Then ah means not, right? And so it's the idea, it's the belief that there, there's no way of knowing if there is or is not a God. Yeah, so I no just way don't no. know. Yeah, so so if I say there is a God, so you don't you can't know that. But the atheist comes up and says, uh, I, "I I know there's no God." And they go, "Well, you can't know that either." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so they're, they're a little bit of everybody's enemy, you know. Yeah, no. These, these are the, uh, the the Stoic philosophers that um, don't come to conclusions. You these know? guys overthink things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get stuck. Get stuck. All right, let's move on. Yeah, here. we all have problems. Okay, so this is actually. Um, there's even differences in denominations, really. Yeah. Um, so we say monotheist. Well, right there, that could also mean Muslims or uh, Orthodox Jews or Christians, right? Just a yeah, few big groups. believes in one God. No. Right, right. Um, even, even, I like to pull this one out, uh, Hindus technically only believe in one God. No, I had not heard that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's actually um, very little known, especially in Western culture and things. Uh, but it's it's the Hinduism is is hard to put into a box, uh, but we will we can talk about it sometime. So I thought nice. it was hard to put in a box because they have so many gods. Yeah, right, right. But you're saying it's yeah, okay. all these gods are actually really just one god. Okay. And so there's a lot of people who try to put a term to describe Hinduism, and uh, really you need a couple terms, and it's still a little shaky. You know, sure. it doesn't quite fit okay. into something. Well, have to um, look at that. It's know. fun to talk about. In a future episode, maybe we'll right, have to right. bring that up. So. Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm curious. Well, with denominations, you know, another word for denomination is division. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people don't think of it that way. Um, but, you know, as Christianity has been divided up into several groups. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Some these. for good reasons. There, You know, the, the thing is, is it helps people have unity within smaller groups to do more good. Yeah. Um, there are certain things where people just are not changing their minds. They're both saying they have scripture as their foundation. And so to avoid a lot of the um, harshness and whatnot, there's a separation there. Sure. Um, you're not going to be everybody's best friend in life. No. This is, this is kind of a natural thing. Now, it's, it's not the worst. Now, there are, there are some things that divide denominations that are legitimate things that to separate over. You know, so what, what would some of those be? You know, there's what I call major doctrines and minor doctrines. Sure. And so major doctrines, uh, I will separate with people. If you say Jesus Christ was either not a man or not God. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's, that's too big for me. Th those are important issues. I can't, I can't try to have gospel conversations with people and have a partner that would deny Christ's deity. Yeah. Or virgin birth or something, you know, or, that or deny that it was God. Right. Right. Or, those or are things that just or... cannot be settled. And, you know, if, if I look at the Bible, I hold it up and I say, this is the word of God. It is perfect and true. Yeah. You have to agree there. If you don't, then well, we're going to have some issues. I mean, so. another, another one would be salvation by grace. Right. If you don't right. believe that it's grace, you know, not by works, <laughs> works of righteousness, as the Bible mm -hmm. says, then, you know, then we would have a separate. Those are major then. doctrines. Yeah, yeah. Then, things, then, that, things that pertain to to actual salvation, mm -hmm. right? 
So then there's minor things, and uh, maybe you don't want to open that can of worms right now. No, the time um, and place will come. But the time we'll and place get, will come. We'll get that. I'm That's sure we'll discuss some of those things in the future. But yeah, yeah, it's all the things we talk about, really. A lot of yeah. things, you know, we'll go to the major doctors here and there, but yeah. Uh, it's the minor things that usually people are more confused about yeah. and need help with. So that's that's yeah. the idea. Okay. Well, anyways, you have that whole spectrum there. And so that kind of does create a slightly different, like, kind of subset of worldview. Um, you know, especially if I were to look around and I were to think that, um, you know, the old Calvinism, Arminian debate type thing, which um, I don't even like those yeah. terms. But anyways, <laughs> if you were to have the idea that... Um, it's completely up to man for people to be saved. Or if you were to believe that there's nothing that man can do that changes the number of people that are saved, you know, that's going to completely change the way you evangelize. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. there you have a different worldview, even, yeah, yeah. you know, subset. So that, that's an interesting idea. But you know what? Even though there's all these little things to disagree on, uh, people say, how can Christians, you know, say they're united? when they have so many differences. Yeah. Well, there's they, a lot of things we do agree on. Right. So, and so the unity in worship does not mean there must be uniformity in every single doctrine and practice of life. Yeah. Now you can have a lot of close relationships if everybody agreed with you completely, <laughs> but you know, then once again, and it's just not, this is not people. That doesn't you know. happen. Yeah. Right. So, right. You know, uh, you know, those generally go to your church because, you know, well, even amongst churches and, Mm -hmm. different different beliefs even at your own church so absolutely some things matter some things don't so right anyway. yeah, well that's worldviews yeah worldviews so you know that's basically it so in a nutshell worldviews is the lens that we see the, the world by yep. whether whether intentionally or unintentionally mm -hmm. you know we all come into every day with a worldview whether it's uh, created from our background how we're raised what we believe we see the world a certain way and we, and we view yes. it through that lens. Mm -hmm. So as a Christian, I view the world differently than, than someone of any other religion. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now apologetics. Yeah. We'll hop into that. And for this one, I'm going to go to first Peter three, uh, first Peter three. I think it has the best definition or at least that passage will give you the best idea of what apologetics is. Yeah. Try to let the Bible define the Bible as much as possible. Hmm? Yeah, that's right. So that is circular reasoning, though. Absolutely it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that's actually not so bad. You know, um, All right. if you think about, uh, I, I teach students uh, in a class, uh, the attributes of God. And I'll say, well, how do we know God? You know, the attributes of God, right? How do we know him? Well, ultimately, it's from the word of God. Okay. Well, then how do we know the word of God is all true and perfect well, because we get to know God, and it's His Word. Yeah. Well, now, hold on. But we we learn God through the Word, right? So, so yeah, that's kind of circular in itself. Um, yep. That's why faith is the platform. And yeah. uh, there, there are, I think, evidences and proofs and logical reasonings. Yes. But at the very foundation, at the bottom of everything, it's faith. And I'm sure we will have an episode in the future <laughs> on the Bible and why we yes. can trust it. Um, I'm looking forward to but, it. But still, there, mm -hmm. there's definitely a level of faith there. Yes. We just have to choose to believe it. Now, there's evidence that mm -hmm. you know we can look at, and there's a bunch of it to prove that the Bible is reliable. Yeah. But Well, the, the you faith, know. you know, the, what a lot of people don't understand is faith is at the bottom of, of everyone's life. Yeah. And so even the atheist, he has to have a lot of faith. Yeah. You either believe the Bible is true or you believe it's not true. 
Mm-hmm. So it's still faith. Yes. So it's a faith position, especially <laughs> when it hasn't actually been proven wrong. <laughs> That's another thing. Okay. All yeah. right. Some people think right. it has. So apologetics. Let's get into it. First Peter, Peter 3, yep. 13 through 17 is what we'll look at here. But I think it's super important to understand the background, what's going on yep. when Peter's actually writing. You want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> well, I guess. Put me on the spot. Yeah, so, do it. Uh, so uh, at the time of this, uh, the, the church is being persecuted. Nero is the emperor. Right, yep. And, of course, all kinds of persecution. Nero mm-hmm. was, was known for that. Um, he was... You know, uh, the, they had the Colosseum stuff going on, which, you know, we all know pretty much what that was. Uh, he also would would hang Christians on crosses and light them on fire to light the pathways in his garden. Yeah, crazy. And uh, uh, and just, all, you know, imprisonments. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was, you know, it's, it's, it's been documented that he burned down Rome to, and blamed it on Christians. And, of course, you know, I don't know all the details. It wasn't alive <laughs> then. But, you know, I've heard that as well. But either way, it was a great time of persecution. Christians were getting blamed for things they didn't do. And they were getting to jail. They were getting tortured, killed, mm-hmm. hunted down. Right. So lots that, of that's cruelty. That's what's going on. Yeah. All kinds of cruelty. There's story after story. And, I, yeah, I could paint a really graphic picture for you. But just to know that that intense persecution was happening is good enough because then we get, get an understanding of what Peter's talking about and what his original readers were thinking. Yeah. So he's writing from prison. Um, and yeah, I don't, not sure how much he would be confident about this, but he was going to die soon. Um, first Peter, second Peter were written very closely together uh, in the early sixties and then um, early to mid-60s. Not and, the 1960s. No, no, the original 60s. The 60s. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so here, here's what he says, verse 13, 1 Peter 3. says, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? And so, you know, the first thing I think about is, man, who is there to harm you? Well, the whole Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah, everyone. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, but you, don't you think Peter knew that? Of course, he knew what was going yeah. on. You know, he was in prison. Yeah, right, right. He, <laughs> he was directly affected. Yes. <laughs> and so, when he's talking about, you know, who's there to harm you, he's putting things in perspective, and he really wants us to be thinking eternally, not just about this temporary life. And so he says, "Who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good?" Because that's what really matters for the uh, infinite existence that lays ahead of us after this earthly ministry. And so then verse 14, he, he gives a kind of a hypothetical situation, but but a very real situation. And he says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, in other words, you're not going to deny Christ. And then people will torture, murder or beat up, you know, members of your family, yourself, things like that. Yeah. Uh, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Of course, blessed. The basic idea of that is just being happy. Yeah. Okay, so it's like now. Wait a minute, happy? Why would you be having this joy of the Lord? You know, why were you? Why would you be happy uh, during this kind of time? And so then he comes to the conclusion. He says, gives a command: have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Okay, um, you know, humanly speaking, uh, on this side of the world and everything. Now, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how they're not going to have anxiety yeah. and stress. It's definitely going to be some. That's that. There's something going on there, yeah. um, but he's training them on how to think. He's exactly. training them to think eternally and what lies ahead of them. Now, I even think of uh, Hebrews 12 when 
Christ uh, was thinking of the joy that was before him when he went to the cross. Yeah. It's like, okay, do you think that he, <laughs> that was painful? The yeah. the crucifixion, Roman crucifixion has a reputation for a reason. Yeah, and, and thinking eternally is not the same thing as, as thinking physically. Like we go through times in our life that are mm. not necessarily enjoyable or fun. Right. But if we have the right mindset, that changes our perspective. Yes. On Hope can give so, you that peace and joy even during hard times. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're just laughing your head off. You know, no. it's, it's that quiet joy. I mean, we know J Jesus was in anguish before he went on the cross, right? Right. Like, yes. Was there. Mm -hmm. um, but he still had joy, right? Like he knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. It was for a good reason. So. so it's a little bit of that here. So even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. So then Peter, you have to give me an alternative. And he does. In verse 15, he says, but instead of all that, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Okay. Yeah. So holy being set apart. You are to honor Christ above all else, unlike anything else, as holy. So how do I honor Christ the Lord as holy in my heart? He continues on and says, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And that word defense is where we get the word apologetics from. Yeah, apologetics. Yeah. So apologia would be the Greek word. Uh, sounds a lot like apology, uh, apologetics and all that sort of thing. The idea is not that you did something wrong. You're trying to get out of trouble. You're not apologizing for your faith. Right. You're giving the not explanation the old... or defense. Yes, right, right. <laughs> that, that, so it's a, there's a little bit of a different idea there when we're talking about biblical <laughs> apologetics as, a, as opposed to just an apology. Um, so here you're, they're saying, hey, we're going to kill you unless you deny Christ. You say, hey, Christ the Lord is real. He's alive today. He is God. He's paid for my sin. And they go, what? What? Why would you say that? What? Don't you want to live? They, they, they don't understand. And yeah. so you're, you're having to, you're, you need to be prepared. Then I'll use the exact words that he's using here. Prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Mm -hmm. And so you're just being ready. Okay. With that. So which means you have to do a little homework ahead of time. A little bit. Yeah. Get, get ready for it. Um, then he says this. Yet. Do it with gentleness and respect. Wow. Yeah, so that don't be rude. <laughs> that <laughs> Roman that. guard that's that's ready to hurt you and your family. He says, be gentle and kind to him. Yeah. Be respectful to him. Show him love. Woo. That's that may not you know, be easy. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Help guide us and produce the fruit, right? Uh, give us that self-control and that joy, that peace, that all those sort of things, patience and and so he says, yet yeah, do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience. So doing it for real. Yeah. You're not you're not just going through some motions or the kind of um, you're saying the right words, but you can tell by the tone of voice or something that's not real. Not just re repeating a phrase that you've heard yes. once before. Right. But truly knowing what you believe in and being able to explain it with love. Mm -hmm. And he even gives us a purpose statement here. He says, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Uh, how much better of a life it is if we suffer for his will. Yeah, right. um, and, of course, if we suffer for doing evil, that's just normal. I mean, even unbelievers do that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that means nothing. So yeah. 
uh, but actually to suffer for Christ. Consequences. That's right. So. Right. So that's apologetics. It, so I guess let me boil that down a little bit. And that's just to say that for believers, it is encouragement and confidence in God. Yeah. And then for unbelievers, it's an evangelistic tool. It's yes. a way to give the gospel. Yeah, and help and help to diffuse uh, arguments. So, um, you know, oftentimes if you're if you're sharing the gospel with someone, you know, they may have some hangups. You know, they may not they may not believe you know that that Jesus is God. Right. And and, and you need to have an, an answer. You know of of why you believe that and, and what our faith says and teaches. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we just briefly what what's the gospel? It, it, it's just you know right you right tell this that we we all on the same page what we're talking about here. Yes, so. you know I I, and I think as I give that definition, I want to give a proportion of of the gospel and apologetics as well. Uh, very simply, gospel just means good news. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the good news? Well, first you have to know the bad news. The bad news is that we are sinners. There is consequence to our sin. It is permanent separation of us and God, and the location of that separation is the lake of fire. Um, so that, that's that's a bad deal. Yeah, but we deserve it. So yeah. then, what God has done is He has provided a plan of redemption. This is the good news, even though you deserve that, and that's the track you're already on, whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not. That's reality, yeah. objective reality. It's, and it's so, true. what God has done is He stepped in and said, "Wait." If you just accept my blood payment for your sin, all is forgiven. Forgiven. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good deal. Um, so that is the good news of the gospel. And so when we're giving that gospel, we're talking about what Christ has done on the cross for our sin, um, not just a way to get rid of guilt, but it's talking about restoring a relationship that we would want to have. We want to have that relationship with God. Yeah. Now, does everybody have to have? Um, complete theological knowledge in order to accept the gospel. Like, do they need to know right, everything right. the Bible says and believe everything the Bible says before they can accept the gospel? So, you well, know, what role does apologetics have in this? Right, right. So, we're talking about apologetics. We're talking about this, you know, this reasoning, right? And so, I can reason for all my major and minor doctrines, mm-hmm. uh, but when I'm talking to an unbeliever, uh, there's a few things that I need to, to have in my mind. Number one, an unbeliever's biggest problem, no matter what they're caught up in, their biggest problem is unbelief. And so I got to deal with that. So the gospel is the main deal. So there's an illustration I like. I really latched onto this. The the gospel is the main course. Apologetics is the seasoning. Yeah. So that that would be a good proportion to use. Um, I don't want to just argue with someone for hours and days and years uh, about there being a creator before they're saved. Yeah, that's something I would do more so after salvation. But yeah. before so, I, they, they do need to know that there, there is a God. Yeah, and that He did create. Yeah, it, it's not that He just popped up Himself somewhere. You know, <laughs> yeah. he, he is infinite. He created that. That's a good basic to have. Um, if someone for now so believes, if they, de- if they deny that there is a God, it's hard for them to be saved, right? It would be impossible then. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. right, right. So there's certain things that may come up in evangelizing where you need to use apologetics to right. to convince somebody of the truth. I don't know if convince is the word or not, but show, demonstrate, convince, right? Yeah, I would say to be technical, the Holy Spirit is one doing the convincing, 
Yeah. But what is he using? Our words. Yes. So so there, there it depends on how you're looking at that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so then there's, yeah, Jesus Christ is man and God at the same time. Mm. He did come in the flesh. He did represent us. Uh, he was a representative of mankind, the second Adam. And he died. He paid that price. So he was the high priest that offered the sacrifice, which was himself, to the Father. And unlike all the other sacrifices, this one actually did pay for sin. Yeah. All the others were just a foreshadowing of what the final sacrifice would be like. Of the coming of the coming lamb, yeah. And so then the, he took on the wrath of God for us. So sin still had to get paid. There still had to be a punishment. Yeah. But, you know, you have sin against an eternal and infinite God. So that's an eternal and infinite consequence. Yeah. So then an eternal and infinite being had to come to absorb that eternal and infinite consequence. Which That's how Jesus could do it in a moment. So that he could right. pay for our Well, because then he, that wouldn't be a pure sacrifice, yeah. you know. Be, right, right. Be the spotless lamb, right? So th there's a few things. There's a lot of moving parts here. And I do want to do a but, whole episode on the gospel. But somebody doesn't need to understand all of that in order to be saved. Like, not all that. that, that comes, right. They, just the basics, you know. Now... They may not believe the basics, so that's where apologetics may come into the gospel. And, right. and different people have different hangups, you know. They may have, you know, well, I don't believe the Bible's true, you know. So then mm. we would have to give a defense of the Bible. I don't know if defense is the word, because God can defend <laughs> himself. But an explanation of why we believe the Bible's true. Right. And, and that it is a choice by faith to believe it or not believe it. Um, and then, you know, whatever the hangup may be. You know, well, it, when you say defense, it. I, I think of apologetics, right? So it's yeah. the same thing. You said we defend the Bible. We're not saying it's helpless and it needs us. No, God well, doesn't need us to defend him. <laughs> right. But what we are doing is we're but, saying that this is the hope that we yeah. have. I, I, I am using my human terms to try to explain um, something. But yeah. Right, right. Very good. So anyway. So in a nutshell, there it is. Yeah. Worldview apologetics. That's what Brains of Bibles is all about. Yep. And I know Think Like Christ Ministries helps out putting together conferences and things like that to help people with some of these issues as help well. Help people think like Christ. Right. So, all right. We are going to be wrapping up this episode. So if anybody wants more information, they can check out our websites, brainsandbible.com or mm -hmm. thinklikechrist.org. Also check out our Facebook pages. Check out your YouTube channel. Please do. Also, if you would like to ask us questions, if you would like to suggest a topic for the podcast, uh, if you'd like to have questions for the podcast, we may do a, a question answer episode once we get into this ways. I'd love it. Uh, you can email email the, the show mm -hmm. uh, at pod at to podcast at thinklikechrist.org. We have an email set up for the show. You can email us and we will go through that. Um, we accept fan mail, we accept questions, pretty much any any. We like mail. Yeah, you know, who doesn't <laughs> like getting mail? That's right. Remember That's when right. you were a kid and you would like just love to get that one letter a year from oh, your yes. grammar or someone, you know, and that uh, that was gold. It was nice, absolute gold. Now it's not as now exciting. It's, now it's, an adult. Yeah. it's not nearly as fun to go to the mailbox. Reaching into the mailbox, it's kind it's of disappointing like, when there's yeah. stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you can send us emails uh, right. if you have questions. Also, if anybody would like to donate. Um, you can go donate on, on your website, Brains and Bibles. There's a donate tab yeah. on brainsandbibles.com. Also on thinklikechrist.org, there's also a donate tab on now, there. And uh, uh, we would challenge you if you um, would like to possibly consider a monthly donation. And uh, I know that would come a long ways. Right. I, I would even say $5 a month to start. 
Um, if you're struggling, you're thinking, I can't support yeah. a whole nother. What about $5? You know, $5 is so little. It's a, it's a good start. And I mean, really, if I had enough people doing $5 a month, that would take care of all the needs of the ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that would be amazing. Um, then also, just so you know, if you go to brainsbibles.com, there is a video on this mug. It's about this mug right here. And um, if it's just a thank you gift for those that would donate a minimum of $50. And so um, it's yeah. it's, a, it's a nice mug. It's actually my favorite. Most everyone that I mean, I've ever heard that mug. had it. Yeah, yeah. I love the mug. Nate's got his own. And uh, they, they say it's their, their favorite mug, or at least it's one of the top. It's got a it's got a man size handle, so you know so many mugs you got like a finger or two fingers. Right, and this right. One, this one's a solid three, three and a half. All four, four. Willoughby sausage fingers. I can, not I quite. Can, I can get three and a half ish. So most people, it's better than <laughs> the normal two though. Right. So anyway, uh, our so next right. episode mm. coming up next month, we are going to be doing an episode on what is truth. Mm. So we hope you will join us for that. And I know I'm looking forward to it. There's a famous there's a famous quote, what is truth from the Bible? Who was it? Uh, that was Pilate. Pilate asked Jesus, Pontius Pilate. what is That's truth? Right. Could you imagine having Jesus standing before you and you ask him, what is truth? And then you don't really pay attention to the answer. Right, right. Staring truth right dropped, in the eyes. Dropped the ball on that one, didn't I he? tell you. So, All right, anyway, let's, let's wrap it up. Thank you, budding theologians, for joining us. We appreciate you. See you next time.